the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love Seinfeld and I'm trying to think of new ways to start the show off and I'm just I'm just being really weird now. I thought that was your maybe your Frank Costanza thing. I thought you were trying to like do the abrupt ending to the sentences like he does. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Corey. Maybe. We'll see. And today we are talking our season six wrap up. So yeah, we're going to do our open-ended discussion at the end of season six and really kind of see how we thought this episode or this season stood up against the last one. Um, the first thing I kind of want to mention, this season felt all over the place to me. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're not wrong there, especially looking at my my ratings, man. It's it, it's we had like a good like uptick at a certain time, but to be honest with you, it goes from like a 4.5 to like a 2 to a 2.5 to a 5. It is a wild ride this season. Yeah. Similarly, exactly. Looking at my stats, that's the way it was. I had only two episodes this entire season in the threes. Only two. Yeah. Everything it, else was four or above, or or like in the twos or under. And I'm just like, wow. So that like that that average strong stuff wasn't there. It was a roller coaster of either high highs or low lows. And so it just it, it it or maybe not no lows but maybe like mediocre mediocres. <laughs> well, I mean for you dude, the low lows hit at the very end. Yeah. Uh I mean we we got to go come right out of the gate and say you hit something almost as low as the trip for you. Yes, and if I would have had to rank the episodes, I would still say the trip part 1 is worse than the understudy, but I just I had to give it there because when we talked about it seriously, man, that that episode just just felt off. It's felt so fucking wrong. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. Put put a gun to my head. I would always rather watch the understudy than the trip. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot more good stuff in the understudy. But truth be told, what a shit way to end the fucking season, man. Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, stuff all over the place like. Uh, there was a stretch where seven straight episodes were under three for me. Holy shit. Like, that's oh, insane. Was that starting around, what, episode five-ish uh, or something uh, like that? For me, it was episode three. Three, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I gave episode four. Uh, I actually enjoyed episode four, which was The Chinese Woman, and, and I, I think I liked that one a bit more than you did. Uh, yes. Although we we, we've, we have mentioned before, there isn't much of a disparity between your your rating and mine too we, often, but that, that was one of them that, yeah, that We that have was. had a couple this season where we've had an entire point difference. Yeah, yeah, which, which didn't is, really happen before. 
Yeah, so it was pretty rare. Like the I know the the last one we had uh, a point difference, and I think maybe that one we had an entire point difference as well. Yeah, because I gave that episode a four. Yeah, uh, and I gave it a two point five. That is our yeah. biggest stretch. Like that was definitely our biggest difference. Yeah, and I, I think we called it out on that one. Yeah, as well. But yeah, dude, I I wonder if if it's because. You know, we mentioned it uh, the last couple of episodes. It seems like this season, the show is starting to move away from it being Jerry Seinfeld-centric to being much more of an ensemble sort of sitcom. And, uh, I mean, do you remember... Uh, back in the day when this was like live and everything in between the seasons. And I think kind of like starting like around now, um, you would always hear during the off season, like in the summer, how much they were like negotiating for. It was always like a big deal, like, like moving into the latter end of the series. It became a big deal whether this show was coming back or not, like every season. And I think we're basically starting to get into that era of Seinfeld now, you know, ending season six, moving into season seven. Uh, it's becoming as it's going to become a zeitgeist in the, the popular opinion, like and, and people are going to become very aware that people like, you know, Jason Alexander and Michael Richards and Julie Louis Dreyfus are going to be like, they're going to want it. They're going to be starting to petition for more money. And mm. you know what? I, I don't think they're wrong, but what I think we're going to see. And I think what we started to see is that the writers and everybody and the creatives are going to start making this show more of about all of them as opposed to just Jerry. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. They leaned on the other characters, and so they, deservedly so, started pushing for more equal pay, or maybe not equal pay, but more money uh, than they had before. And, you know, the show was obviously at this point, you know, one of the top shows, if not the top show, um, you know, in its time slot or around that time. And so, yeah, I, I totally get that. You know, and it's not even just this season that we get the rise of some of the other episodes, we get the rise of other extra characters that we liked a lot. We get Putty starting in this season. Yeah. We no, get Jay Putty, Peterman. Putty coming in fully baked, fully, fully baked. fucking formed, and and like right out of the gate, we fucking get a perfect Putty. Unlike Banya, who I think Banya morphs yeah, into we, what exactly. we want. We got Banya. We got Banya. We got uh, Watley. Uh, all introduced this season. Um, we got Jay Peterman introduced at the very end. We got Steinbrenner, like all of these kind of like huge secondary, not secondary, like maybe, yeah, secondary, some of them, maybe even tertiary characters, um, but like those, those extra characters coming in, but they're huge. Like, uh, we only got one episode with Mickey. Now Mickey was, uh, introduced to us last episode, last season, yeah. not this season. Um, but his episode was a fucking good one. Um, and I don't know. They really are setting up, I would say, the world of Seinfeld. Like they are, they are really kind of setting us up for these next three seasons. Now, where from here on out, we're going to be kind of set in stone with Peterman, Steinbrenner, Putty, that kind of shit. We're going to see these guys for the rest of the show, pretty much. Um, and I, I don't this know. This is almost like this is almost like MCU, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like this is like Phase two or maybe phase three even where it's like it's all solidified where now we're starting to get into the nitty gritty of things now we're starting to get like really start to focus on secondary characters because we we don't need to flesh out 
Elaine and, and Kramer and stuff like that, uh, even though we do, uh, we get Kramer's full name in this this season, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, but maybe we do need to flesh out Elaine because we've also gotten some weak moments uh, from Elaine. I feel like of all the characters, of all the our four main characters, she is the one that fluctuates the most with with like how strong she is versus how weak she is. I wonder if it's mainly because, like, most of the writers are male. They don't really know what to do with Elaine Bo, which is weird because, funnily, which is not a word, but I like to say it, <laughs> I like Elaine when she's a bit more tomboyish, when she's a yeah. bit more aggressive. So I would almost say that, like, they know how to write Elaine. They, I think maybe sometimes they just fucking fuck it up or something. I, I don't know, but sometimes, especially at the end of this season, Elaine was very weak. Yes, and... We've established we are not fans of that. We we like aggressive Elaine. Yeah. That is the best Elaine. Um, we, we want to see Elaine fucking stab a man in the forehead, yeah. you know, for breaking up with her. That's what we want to see Elaine do. Yep. And now I think it makes sense that there is a shift in this season because uh, Tom Sharones, or Tom Sharones, however it's pronounced, was the director of nearly every episode of Seinfeld before this through seasons one through five. Starting in season six, Andy Ackerman becomes the massive main director of Seinfeld. And I think, you know, we'll see some writing shifts as well. Some other people taking on a little bit more of the writing. But it makes sense that there are some different ways that the stories are told because the directors are different. Like they're in in one massive note that we've said (laughs) in so many episodes, I'm sure people are already sick of it is how fast scenes are going now. And I'm sure part of that is due to the new direction. Yeah, and and that's one of the drawbacks that we've called out a few times where scenes don't have any time to breathe now in this season. Uh, And we specifically you know, uh, lauded the fact that we don't have any moments to talk about nothing. If anything, this show has gone from being a show about nothing to being a show about, you could say maybe characters, you could say maybe uh, side characters, but there really doesn't have, they don't, we don't get a lot of just conversations about stupid shit anymore. And that's what Seinfeld used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, now it is plot driven, super quick, fast, like, you know, scenes and, and quick either know what what's what's happening here then back to what's happening there then back to what's happening here just a little bit later and then back to what's happening there a little bit later and then moving and moving and it's just like it feels like a bit of a whirlwind right now we might get used to it i feel we probably will come season seven season eight um but as of right now it just it feels like a big departure and so we're in this transition and so i think ultimately that that's hurt season six Right, like like as a whole. Although, I mean, it's funny because some of my highest, you know, rated episodes are some yeah. of the more fast-paced episodes. But, yeah, it's it's interesting, especially looking at our notes, you know. Um, the way I do my notes, by hand, on a piece of paper. Uh, if I kept any of them, which, unfortunately, I did not, um, <laughs> you would probably see that in the earlier seasons, you know, episodes would have maybe like five or six lines through them, you know, maybe like eight or nine. Dude, now they have like 20. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, it's like doubled. I guarantee you someone out there has done like scene counts, like how many different scenes there are. I guarantee you this season's fucking double, if not triple the scene counts of like season two. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, no kidding. It's it it I had it's created a totally different feel of Seinfeld to where I, I'm a little bit afraid that we're coming up on the last three seasons, and I I don't know, but I have a feeling we might have hit our peak before mm-hmm. in the last season. Um, mainly because we had talked about earlier how this this season is a fucking roller coaster. You know, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. I have a feeling we're going to get that continuously throughout yeah. like the, these next three ones. Um, just because like the quality is going to be, you know, really strong for one or two and then it'll be fucking low and then it'll be back up. Um, maybe not, you know, I, there's, there's still a lot of Seinfeld that I remember that has yet to come and I'm yeah. excited to see, fuck, we got the, the, the bottle deposits next season. I think yeah. we've got, we've got some really good things. We got, uh, the soup Nazi fucking for Christ's sake, he's coming yeah. up. We got and, a lot and, of good shit. And Jay Peterman is like one of my favorite Seinfeld characters. So we're getting into some stuff that I consider classic. But yeah, dude, uh, I'm with you. Will it be the same show that we started with? Well, no, it's it's at this point, it's not. It's not the same show that we started with. Uh, we also know that I think I think it's season eight where they drop the uh, the the stand up and it's a whole weird different season. And I can't remember yeah. if it's seven if it's seven or eight where they completely just drop the stand up. Yeah, but well, we have I mean, Larry David is still credited credited in season seven. He is not credited as, as a writer yeah. in season eight at all. And then he comes back for season nine, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's, the, got, he's got at least the finale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know we got classic stuff ahead of us, but I can I think it's safe to say that the show is dramatically different than what it was when it started. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm still yeah. enjoying Seinfeld. I mean, these are characters that I've grown to love now, would I have appreciated this show if it kicked off just like this? I don't know. I needed some of that time to, to develop with these characters. I needed some of that time to get to know them so I can have these faster scenes and understand them better. Because otherwise, you need a little bit more time to get Kramer. You need a little bit more time to get George and his neuroticness. Otherwise, now we know him. And so, like, you know what he's going to say half the time, like, before he even says it. And it's like, okay, that's why these scenes can be faster. So it, it does make sense as a fan. Um, but it is still, I would say, watching them as fast as we're watching them is a dramatic change. Yeah, yeah. Because you and I, especially the latter half of the season uh, with my dad coming in town, you and I have really like cranked up like how much we're recording and watching. So you're right. I feel like we're watching them really quickly, really back to back. And the, the latter end of the season, unfortunately fell a little flat, even though we had putty and everything come in at the end. And I mean, I even have like one of my top five favorite episodes in the last four, but in the last three episodes i gave them you know a 3.5 2.5 and a two that's a Mm -hmm. downward drop the entire fucking time you know where we had a real strong i think this season had a real strong like middle you know a great start at least for me kind of dipped went good middle and then had a bad ending and which is sad because you know you should end your fucking season on a strong note 
any anytime you can, please do in your season on a strong note. And anything on a fucking strong note, because it's the last thing you have. Like, you're going to remember that the most. Yep. Uh, so... Looking at my stuff, I started off really strong. I started off with two very high scores, and then I had that seven straight under under three, uh, and then it kind of went up to over fours for uh, three episodes, and then a uh, and then low, and then high, and then low, and then high, and then low, and then middle, and then high, and then low, and then yeah. high. And, and so, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. It's yes. literally a fucking roller coaster, bro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that middle is probably some of the most consistent quality um but then you know my highest seemed to be from the very front and also yeah in the in the the fourth to last episode so it's just or the third to last whatever yeah fourth to last episode so it's just like okay this is (laughs) man seinfeld just when you think you know it and you're like (sighs) Corey, seriously before we even started this would you have thought that we would even have like some of these low scores. Did you ever no. think we would have like everyone? You're gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be a four. This is gonna be a five. Yeah. This is gonna be maybe a three. And then you you really break them down. You're like, no, that really wasn't a great episode. Like, who would have thought? Yeah, and, and dude, nine times out of ten, I feel bad for like giving them bad scores because I'm like, it's Seinfeld. And a lot of times when I'm watching it myself. I'll score it higher, and then, like, when you and I talk it out, I feel like is sort of what my real score is, and sometimes, man, it drops. Obviously, sometimes it goes up because we point shit shit out, Mm. but no, dude, to answer your question, no, no, and I think I even said it at the beginning of, of this season. I was like, it's all upwards from here. This is fantastic, and then, no, I was startled. I was actively like shocked when when it dipped so low. I mean, I gave fucking episode seven the soup. Uh, I gave that a fucking two. If you if I if you'd said to me, hey, the Eric Banya's fucking you know first episode, what what, what would you think of that? I'm like, oh man, it's fucking yeah. great. No, exactly. dude. And, and Mendy's you, Mendy's is fucking great, but and, it's no. And you and I specifically talked about that on, uh, I think, our finale and on that episode where I said, like, that was one of those episodes where, like, like so the the finale, the one with Bette Midler, I was like, if you asked me, like, hey, the episode with Bette Midler, you know, what would you think of it? Up until, up until just an hour earlier, I would have been like, oh, I fucking love that episode, you know? But it did not meet my expectation. The same as the soup. I was like, yeah. oh, dude, I'm, I'm excited to go into fucking Banya. And then I fucking walked away with a two. And I'm like, You're really? jumping the gun, Corey. But you know what? We're going to dive right into it. Our bottom three. Yeah, Let's our bottom. Our yeah, bottom I'll, three. Yeah, right? I'll just. So I'll, 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 you're, I'll, you're already talking. So, yeah, you keep, keep going. Yeah, so I, I just. Uh, they're, they're all twos. They're all the lowest score I could give. Uh, episode five, The Couch uh, with Poppy. Episode seven, The Soup. And fucking Bette Midler, the understudy. Those were my three lowest episodes. And again, also the Poppy episode. Like, I remember Poppy, which you've said to me, like, again, a year ago, like, oh, man, Poppy, the couch. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I love that shit. But we're, <laughs> yeah. we're remembering, like, we're remembering, like, clip show moments of this show, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like a lot of times... You know, you and I will watch an episode probably when we were younger, syndication. We watched an episode of the Poppy one. And then we were like, you know what? When it came on again, we were probably just like, eh, we'll put it on the background. We'll go do something. I used to draw and shit. You probably did something else. And like, like we just remember <laughs> jerking off. We just remember <laughs> the, the moments that we liked about it. You know what I mean? But like when yep. we get into it, 
That's the nitty gritty. That's the real fucking score. When I talk it out with you, that's the real fucking score. Yep, absolutely. Hey, everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Uh, So, yes, my number three, uh, which actually the couch tied for a two out of five on that one for me. Um, But this one, I I had like multiple two out of fives. So I had to kind of go back and look at like my general thoughts. And ultimately, I put the secretary as my number three, which had issues with it when we really broke it down. Um, It was just such a meh episode like. You know, they, they they had that whole George and the secretary thing. They had the whole, um, they were hanging out in the dressing room for, for so fucking long, and it just didn't feel right. Things didn't feel right with that episode that ultimately I was like, you know what? That's my third least favorite. Uh, the soup, and then my last two are similar to yours. Uh, the, the soup, I gave a 1.5. I didn't like it. The Banya one, it was just a weak fucking episode. And then originally, like when I first thought, I had the understudy at a 1.5, and then what I really, really thought about, I was like, no, this is the worst fucking episode of the season, so I gave it a 1. And so I put the understudy at a 1, which I never thought I was going to get a 1 again. But you know what? I'm confident on that. You never thought you were going to get anything as bad as the trip. And I had had a 1.5 and a 1 this season, which is just as bad as the trip and the trip part 2. Now, for the record, gun to your head, which would you rather watch, The Trip or Bette Midler's episode? I mean, the thing is, though, like, but The Trip trip was broken down into two episodes, which is weird because there's multiple two-part episodes in Seinfeld, but The Trip was put up in a part one, part two scenario. Yeah, yeah. Gun to my head, I'd probably watch The Understudy above The Trip part one. But maybe, I don't know, maybe the trip part two is a little bit better. Right. And so maybe I would like that a little bit. Because I think that's the one where you get, um, uh, what is it, Clint Howard and some other yeah, crazy yeah. shit. Yeah, Clint in, Howard in part was, two. was in part two. Yeah, yeah. so that. there's a little bit of fun stuff there. But still, yeah. it's weird. Um, and, but the soup, yeah, the soup was just massively disappointing. Well, but let, let's, let's stay with the understudy in the trip. Okay. These, okay. Were, these were two concept episodes right the two like, worst episodes in all of Seinfeld according to me yeah and man I I agree with you I mean I didn't rate the understudy as badly uh, I gave it a two because I actually really liked Bette Midler I it's weird it's really fucking weird because I didn't like what they 
did necessarily with Bette Midler, but I liked that Bette Midler, the actress, was game to do whatever, and I found that the episode endeared her to me. But honestly, I would truly put them probably on the same pedestal, like uh, The Trip and Mm. the Bette Midler episode, uh, as something I, I don't really like, but they're very, like conceptually different right like is oh, yeah. that is that why we also don't like them because they're so different than the setup of the entire series to begin with yeah it's very possible i mean we get a lot of strange stuff outside of new york with the trip and then you know yeah here we're getting a lot of just totally different not classic seinfeld we're getting out with this um softball game and like all this other stuff it just yeah it felt so not what we're used to. And maybe that is the problem. Maybe we just want shit to fit into our little niches and, and we're happy there. But at the same time, like it's a sitcom, you know? And if, if something, if they try something different and it works, we're down. Now here's the thing. They tried something different with the Chinese restaurant and it fucking worked. They tried something different when they all went on the train and they all went their separate ways and it yeah. fucking worked. Yeah, that was a good These one. These concepts did not. So that that's where it, it, it differs for me. And I can't say just because it's not regular Seinfeld because there are some other great episodes that are not regular Seinfeld and we fucking love them for that. These just didn't work. Even I would even say the race felt very different. Um mm-hmm. Because it relied heavily on your knowledge of Superman, the the viewer's knowledge of Superman, Mm -hmm. um, and it relied heavily on the Superman score, and it was a very Superman-centric episode, but it was one episode that I fucking loved. And so, yeah, dude, it, it, it felt very different, but like you just said, that doesn't always necessarily mean bad and you know i i gotta give him credit for trying something different and i i don't think i said it that season but i i give them credit for trying it with with the trip but i mean it, it failed miserably we we know that but they at least they tried uh they tried with bet miller to bring in like a big name like to do mm-hmm. something with it but i think at this point like, you know what's funny? You know what makes this the, the Bette Midler episode weird, even though, like, that was our last episode we are talking about? It, it, at this point, for me, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Michael Richards, Jason Alexander, to me, they're all bigger than Bette Midler. So, <laughs> like, you know, having Bette Midler, it didn't impress me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I like that. So. It, it, she just she, she's not something that I related to, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely don't relate to her because like none of like uh, the, the Seinfeld base is not also the Bette Midler base. Like that no, is totally no, not at all. <laughs> so it, so it makes it particularly strange why they went with her, but it's also kind of funny that they did. Again, not good for the episode, but makes me love Bette Midler for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. I, I do. So. And again, and it's weird because I also, you know, we, we just record, you know, guys, you know how we do this. Uh, we just recorded our, our Bette Midler episode right prior to this. And I know what I gave it and I know how I felt about it. But the nostalgia in my mind right now, Adam, if you said to me, what did you think of the Bette Midler episode? I'd be like, yeah, I liked it. No, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> Man. All right, so I'm just smelling my whiskey that I'm drinking, and I get, like, some, like, overripe bananas, but then I also get, like, a, have you ever had a spicy pickle? 
I'm getting um, spicy pickles. Yes, I like spicy pickles. Yes, yes. And if you also like whiskey reviews, listen to our Curb Your Enthusiasm review on Patreon yeah. because Adam does his quickie whiskey reviews yeah. every single episode. Yeah, the palate doesn't taste exactly like that, but the nose was totally like that. Very interesting. Yeah, anyway, you can get in here a little, little quick snippet of my nerddom into whiskey. I own about 80 whiskeys now. Uh, it's pretty insane. Um but I'm enjoying just kind of like sipping on it and tasting things out. I don't think it's a problem yet, but if maybe it is, I don't know. Corey, do I have a problem? Probably. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person because I love you just the way you are. Oh, just the way you are. <laughs> Little bl- uh, Billy Joel for everybody. All right. There you go. S- speaking of love, what are your top episodes that you gave this yeah. season? Yeah. All right, so my number three episode of the season, this was a tough one because I gave multiple episodes a 4.5. And the Jimmy is really close. The race is really close. I probably could have swapped any of those for this one, but ultimately I went with the label maker. I loved the label maker. We got Watley. We got Newman, baby. Um, In the race, we got Mickey, so that's great too. Things intertwined really well with uh, the label maker, so I thought it was very nice. So um, after that, my number two episode was a five out of five, so that means it's a very strong fucking episode, and it was the first episode of the season. It was The Chaperone. Yep. Really good one, and then ultimately, I picked my favorite episode of the season to be one of the later ones. It was also a five out of five. It was few silly Jerry. There was so much stuff in that se- in that episode. You kind of forgot how much shit they packed into it, but they did a great job. So ultimately, that is my number one. How about you? Yeah, dude. Um, I gave four episodes fives. Uh, I'll just rattle them off because they're pretty much the same as yours. Uh, episode one, the chaperone. Uh, episode ten, the race. Episode twelve, the label maker. And episode 20, The Vasily Jerry. Uh, It was, honestly, I think that was probably the most fives I've given uh, a season. Because when this season is strong, man, boy, it's strong. Because I think what works the best about this season is that the strengths, it relies on what you know came prior. The good episodes build off of the first five seasons prior what we know what we expect sometimes they they spin that expectation on its side uh we you know again this this season with the race uh we finally have like a superman centric episode where we know jerry seinfeld loves superman we've been tracking like you know his statue that's in his apartment there he's got a magnet on his fucking uh, refrigerator he references superman frequently not every episode that's a kind of like at this point an old wives tale where you'll hear people like oh there's a one superman episode every episode there isn't there is not one that's a wives tale that's it it's funny seinfeld has become so ingrained in our our culture that now we have wives tales about it and even if you break down the magnets or the statues or any of that stuff like yeah it shows up a lot but we we called that out very early. Like, yeah. wait, there was no no Superman at all. Not even a picture. Nothing. And so you know, hey, it's cute to think about it, but yeah. it's not there. No, it's it's not. But 
the like like I love the fact that the the writers and everybody with the race they they knew that Jerry was into the Superman and we finally got a full on Superman episode. Uh, I don't think that was I don't think you gave that one a five. That wasn't in your top three. It what was did a f- you... four point five for me. Okay, okay, so that was that was close. Um, it, but it, dude, it, it tied for my the label maker. But ultimately, when I looked at him, I I still rank them give even Wally. when they. Yeah, so I gave, I gave it to Watley and Newman. I gave it to Watley and Newman, yeah. man. And, and honestly, like, not going to lie, if I had to bump it down to a three, you know, top three versus four, I would probably drop the, the race for the label maker mm-hmm. as well, which means we would be entirely, you know, pretty much the same. same. But let's talk about the facility, Jerry. Let's talk about how we got Putty fully formed right out of the fucking gate. Yeah, we've been talking about that, but it's so true. He starts off as the mechanic for Jerry, and he, (laughs) like, seriously, um, why can't I think of the guy's name? Oh, Patrick Warburton? Yeah, thank you. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton does just a perfect job of creating this character exactly how he should be. And he doesn't feel different when we see him a couple episodes later in the face painter. Like, he just fits properly. And I love it. Like, and it's not even just that. Like, like the Fusilli Jerry, we got so much shit to it. But yeah, but knowing that this was Putty's first appearance, we got Ass Man. Holy shit. We got the the first step of the shortstop. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. You know, stopping short, not the shortstop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which comes um, comes back. And, exactly. And, we yeah. got we got the swirls. And, and it, do you do you swirl? I swirl. I love swirling. <laughs> I, and I think is I don't just do counterclockwise. Or clockwise, I go all over. I go all the clocks. <laughs> you're all over the place. <laughs> but this is what a fun fucking episode. But you're right, Putty, and him coming in as the Putty I know is wonderful. That uh, un- really helps this episode. Unlike Banya, who we felt wasn't fully formed when he hit, and I think we're, we're the gold Jerry Gold that's coming, you know, later mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but. You mentioned it in the face painter episode. You said that Putty is like the everyman because now, uh, and I think you're correct, now our main characters are starting to become so eccentric in their in their theories and their thoughts mm-hmm. that I don't think a lot of people can at this point truly relate to them. It's funny. We love them. But I don't know if we can actually relate to them. And do you think – this? I'm actually going to ask you. Do you think they? it was a conscious effort to include Putty in the show as what you stated, sort of the everyman, sort of like somehow being able to, to penetrate this group of, of friends, you know? Um, I don't think so. I think actually more often than not, Jerry's girlfriends are usually kind of the everyman and they realize or, how eccentric Or the viewer. It's the, the, the girlfriends are the viewer, essentially. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, they're just like, wow, you're fucking weird. I'm getting out of here. Um, or George's girlfriends. Either one of those kind of things. Putty is still very eccentric. Yeah, um, and yeah. we will see that with the face painter. And then also, even with the with the fusilli jerry he's stealing his move and he's just yeah. he's like it is interesting different stuff but he's such a dude and i think he and i don't want to say he's the every man he's the every dude he's the every right? bro he's the yeah every the bro. every bro and we both have bro aspects about us yeah so we can relate to him you know there are aspects about us that relate to him aspects yeah. about us that relate to jerry yeah I don't know if I relate that much to George. Maybe I have plenty of some insecurities, so maybe yeah. that goes in there. 
Yeah. I, maybe I don't relate to Kramer at all. He's just <laughs> he's fucking out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, if anything, I wish I was more like Kramer. And I'd yeah. and, and specifically, you and I have called out multiple occasions. What we like about Kramer is that he's not judgmental. He actually mm-hmm. he's very empathetic. He can kind of like understand people's point of views. But I think you and I both love the most about him is he's always down for an adventure. And yeah. uh, and and I wish I was more like that. And Again, thank fucking God they changed, they flipped the script on on that yeah. in season one. Remember, he was a fucking recluse. Yes, that would I have do. sucked, dude, because one of our favorite aspects of his character is how down he is to have an adventure. I want to go back to Putty, and specifically, I want to mention he is one of the missing aspects for just the characterizations of the different um, characters in Seinfeld where you get like that super insecure person with George, you get that kind of neurotic, uh, well with George for sure, but like that, um, I don't know, the normal, you know, yin yang or whatever you put it, like, you know, everything works out for him, but also he's a germaphobe with Jerry. He's also kind of pretentious a little bit. He is very, you know, he's a comic who makes a fuck ton of money. Kramer is the super eccentric and Elaine is the liberal side of a lot of stuff. They were missing a dude yeah. and Putty comes in and I do, I like the Putty character because he helps fill it out. He is not a main character and I'm glad that they only use him sparingly up and coming. Like they'll use him a good bit, but not every episode, but he gives that extra, um, different personality that they've been missing, which is the bro type. And so some of our type of people or not even just ours, but like some of those kind of guys who maybe, you know, weren't digging the show might relate to putty and be like, Hey, I like that. I'll, I'll laugh at his stuff. (laughs) And so now they're really like with all their extra side characters, they're filling out all the demographics that they need to become the top fucking show on television. And it's funny because we're at we were introduced to Putty at the tail end of season six. But if you asked me to rattle off like all the characters in Seinfeld, I would give the main characters. I would say Newman, and then Putty would Putty. probably be next. You know, yep. like you and I, and I think most viewers, like we put Putty as like not again more like Newman, just a, a that next tier down from the main characters, but a a strong secondary playable character you know uh honestly i thought we were going to see more out of mickey than we did um but like yeah dude putty is strong and i think it's because he hits the ground running right out of the gate even uh the face painter episode an episode that Mm -hmm. you and i didn't particularly love mostly because we didn't quite understand what the joke was with the priest and everything but we loved fucking Putty in it. Putty was a fucking home run in that thing, you know? And in and to this day, you're right. You said it on that episode. The whole face painting thing is probably the first thing anyone thinks of when they think mm-hmm. of Putty. Yeah, yeah. That is his iconic moment. And knowing that it happens in his second episode and knowing we probably have, I don't know, a damn good 10 more episodes with him, um, that is a, a huge testament in how they've how the writers and how uh, Patrick Warburton got his character going very quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. And then we also saw like some, you know, it's just like I feel like this season they broaden things. We have a lot of guest uh, uh, actors and actresses. You know, uh, the secretary episode. Um, I'm I'm blanking on on her name who plays the secretary for, but yeah. she's from News Radio. Yep. You know, uh, we we get freaking Tim Watley. You know, we we John get Lovitz. John Lovitz. We get Mel Torme. You know, and, and it's like it's it's like I feel like they've just like the bubble has expanded and and just sucked people in. But you bring it up, John Lovitz. Uh, the episode that he was in, I kind of didn't like rate it that high. Um, mm. but. As far as, like, side characters go, he's one of my favorites. You know that, Adam. Our listeners you, know that. You keep quoting it. You know, but, like, it's 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 just like, it's great. This season gives us that, but then this season also gives us the fucking understudy episode. It's like, goddamn it, coming, like, you know, going back around to what you said at the beginning, this was a fucking roller coaster of a season. I mean, hell, even even you know George's toupee. Like we have a whole arc with George's oh, toupee and everything. Good. And you and I had so much to say about that and how like he he looked good with it and how we we didn't really sort of um, appreciate the fact that that Jerry and Elaine didn't really support him in that area and whatnot. But like Jesus Christ, Steinbrenner, the Yankees, so much happens with george this season dude uh you know what i gotta say moving in cosmo kramer so much happens with michael like with uh with rich uh, kramer this season i hope and I, I do think it's gonna happen i hope elaine becomes stronger moving mm. forward i think this season didn't quite know what to do with her uh you and i love mr pitt i was a little shocked that Mr. Pitt wasn't actually in it. Like Ian Abercrombie himself wasn't in the season as much as I thought he yeah. was, even though he's referenced like Mr. Pitt's referenced when, when he's not maybe on screen, some episodes you don't ever see him, but he's referenced. So like you feel him the entire season, but I was actually a little shocked that you don't actually see Ian Abercrombie as much as I kind of thought we were going to. I think it's like maybe five episodes or around that, um, and that's it. Like for twenty plus episodes, where she was under Mr. Pitt for the vast majority of the season, we see him for like five times. And it, you're right; it is kind of strange. Now there's some classic stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the magic eye moment. Yeah. Ha ha! It's kind yeah. of funny. I mean, he's got some great stuff. The socks moment, great stuff. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, he does. I mean, he's one of the classic Elaine bosses. You get yeah. Lipman, you get Pitt. And you get Peterman. Peterman. Yeah, <laughs> and those are the top. And so it's just kind of funny that he literally only lasted this one season where Lipman was multiple seasons, I believe. Yeah, see, yeah. Lipman was multiple seasons, um, or at least she worked at that place, uh, Pen and Publishing, multiple seasons. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's weird how much we love uh, Elaine's bosses. They, it, no one else, because <laughs> yeah. no one else really has bosses other than george we have yeah. seen him with bosses but up until steinbrenner they're not really that memorable or if they are they're not as recurring you know what i mean like we all love the boss that he he goes and tries to uh get elaine you know get elaine to to fuck with you know yeah and yeah we all know that but like he's gonna they're, they're gonna slip him a mickey yeah exactly but <laughs> it, it elaine has more of the ongoing seasonal bosses that we yes. that we'd like yeah 
Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. All right. I want to talk about our overall average for this season. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get started on mine. And with kind of how it's gone, this roller coaster of a season. All right. Uh, just to remind everybody, my season two uh, which we didn't really rank season one. I didn't. We weren't doing these numbers at that time. I gave a 2.8, which is pretty low. Uh, my season three average was right at a three. My season four was a 3.14. My season five was a 3.69, which is a big jump. And then my season six, drum roll, brrr, <laughs> 3.1. One, which was a pretty big drop from season five. Season five was a massive, um, you know, average higher, a good like half a point more than half a point higher average. Uh, And this one ultimately comes in just barely under season four. Damn, dude. Damn. Um, I, (laughs) I don't have my previous seasons in front of me because I pretty much purge everything. Although, uh, I think when we go and talk about our series finale, I'm going to go back and re-listen to all of these okay. and note the down wrap-ups. what, yeah. And yeah. note down my, my, I try to get my numbers and everything. Um, so guys and gals, um, I added up all my, I did take all my notes. I added them all up. I had to ask Adam how to do an average. Uh, apparently, you add up all the scores, and then you divide it by the number of episodes. So It's been a you. while since you've been math class, my man. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. funny. And even when I was in math class, I was not very good. Um, but 
I actually, the the average of this season came out to be 3.61. And I wow. feel that was pretty high. I know it's higher than yours, but I feel it's, it was pretty high for me. Uh, so I didn't hate this season. So as much as we talk about like the structure of the episodes and stuff like that uh, and how we're a little bit concerned about it, I think my score kind of relates to the fact that even though the structure can lend itself to giving us lower scores, maybe it can also lend itself to giving us maybe more frequently higher scores. Um, I think I'm going to take better notes. I'm actually going to, instead of per- throwing this away, I'm going to actually hold on to this one and <laughs> see how it compares next season. Because I do yeah. think that this is kind of like one of those pivotal, like you said, because of the, the director changing over this season, this is a pivotal change season this is a turning point season overall yeah and i'm curious to see how it holds up uh moving forward so i'm not going to purge this number uh moving forward yeah i'm i'm actually hoping you know i don't think this is going to be like a pyramid situation where we kind of worked our way up to in my opinion season five being the peak and working our way down to the end i'm actually kind of hoping that this change this transitional season hurt it a little bit but once I get more used to it, I'm hoping like seasons seven, eight and nine will kind of like, you know, we'll have some variation on which we like better. And it's not going to just be like a diminishing until, you know, we're done with it. Because um, I do think, you know, there's I know there's some awesome episodes to come. So I'm really excited. I, I think and and this is just what I remember. I'm just kind of going off my gut. I feel like Elaine really gets good with Jay Peterman. Like, I think she Mm -hmm. really clicks because, and by that I mean gets good, like, like it gives us good uh, plot points because we get the JFK uh, golf clubs, right? Like, we get those, um, which leads to some amazing shit uh, with Newman and Kramer. And it's just like, I know we're, I know good shit's in front of us, but I also know some wonky shit is in front of us too. Yeah. Uh, I'm so curious and excited to see what happens in our upcoming seasons. So um, we have an announcement when it comes to our upcoming seasons and how they're going to be posted. And for that, I'm going to let Corey mention it to you so you can hate on him. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, guys and gals, um, we are going to be slowly transitioning into a premium podcast format. Uh, And that means by the end of the series, we will probably be living exclusively on Patreon. Um, But we are going to slowly transition that way. And next season, we are going to do a leapfrog uh, release schedule. Um, basically we're going to release every episode. There will be no break. Every episode will be out on Patreon like always. Uh, but we are only going to release two episodes a month on the free feed. Uh, and it's going to be leapfrog. So, you know, it'll be one week on one week off, but if you are signed up to our Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Cartwright, uh, you won't miss a single thing, just like you've never missed a single thing, and you will get every episode 100% ad-free. You will get every episode weekly, uh, aside from our obligatory one-week hiatus in between seasons, and you will uh, you'll, you'll get our love and support, um, but 
it's it's we've been doing this. We feel we've been doing this long enough um, that, you know, and we've proven that we can be consistent, you know, deliver consistent content on a regular basis and uh, have it delivered well. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I have to explain why artists yeah. need to pay bills, but we do. So we do. We do. I mean, it's it's our time. But yes, we do this because we love it. But it costs a lot more than our time. It's, yeah, and it, so it does. ultimately, we're asking for one dollar a month to get all of our episodes. Yeah, that's it. Twelve bucks a year. That is not much. And you know, there's some awesome episodes that are gonna be coming up on our Patreon exclusive feeds, including the Soup Nazi in season seven, including the Cadillac two-part episode which is an awesome one <laughs> including the bottle deposit another great two-part episode all of those will end up falling onto our exclusive feed and so if you want every single episode all we're asking to help keep the lights on to help keep the server costs and yeah. just recoup a little bit of the research and the time that we do because we want and enjoy giving y'all this content is one dollar a month just check out our Patreon, sign up, and you're going to get every episode. And on top of that, every episode is ad-free. Yeah. If you're sick of hearing those ads about mostly mine and Corey's other podcasts, <laughs> then honestly, you won't hear about them anymore. Um, and you're going to get nothing but Seinfeld. And so that's awesome. And on top of that, if you just go a little bit more, you're going to get more Corey and Adam when we, as we talk curb your enthusiasm for twice a month on our five dollar level yeah and i'm having an absolute blast discuss discussing curb your enthusiasm with you um it's i never thought i would see this much connective tissue obviously i knew there was gonna be similarities between larry david and you know george costanza and stuff like that but there's so much interesting connective tissue between the two series and i'm learning the fact that you know larry david is or should i say George Costanza is not a carbon copy of Larry David. I find that infinitely, infinitely interesting. So, and, you know, guys and gals, just to give you a heads up, um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, uh, I think this year will start to implement a paid subscription service. So some of your, or probably a lot of your free podcasts are going to go to paid. It's content production takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. So, you know, we appreciate all the love and support you guys give us. We appreciate everyone who's already joined up to our Patreon page. We appreciate everyone who's going to join our Patreon page. And it just, it helps us just keep going. We can't, we can't create with, with nothing keeping us going, essentially. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's enough of our advertising. We do really appreciate it. So check that out. Um, but yeah. These uh, six, six, sex, these, uh, the sex has been good, but uh, the six <laughs> seasons has been fantastic. And I am super excited to get into season seven with you, you know, coming up soon, Corey. Are we going to, we're going to take our regular one week break before we dive in? Yeah. Probably, I mean, I imagine we will. I don't know, man. At this point, like, because Adam, uh, I mean, thank you, Adam. Let me just. I just want to say thank you. Um, Adam has made him has made himself 
super available to me because uh, my dad's going to be coming in town and then I'm actually going to go back to the East Coast for a family reunion. Um, and Adam has been like uh, an absolute joy. Uh, I've been trying to ramp up production recording of episodes so that we can have a lot in the can and so I can sort of edit at my leisure. And uh, this means like Adam's really digging on his weekends with his wife and everything. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, we'll probably take a week off just to have it, you know, but we don't need one because shit we're recording this like six weeks in advance so but yeah guys and gals expect a week off and then we were gonna hit the ground running with season seven my dad's gonna be gone no more fucking worrying about shit like that and bada bing bada boom seinfeld baby Woo! Woo! seinfeld baby seinfeld baby but overall adam what is your gut i just want to know what your gut feel about this season just what'd you think like it or dislike it? I still liked it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like ultimately I still enjoyed season six. Yeah. Um, and I, I ultimately it came down to how much the understudy dropped for me. Like actually the understudy and the face painter, the last two episodes through our discussions and through just ultimately my own, you know, decisions, they dropped more than they would. And so it was going to be right above season four, but it ended up dropping just below season yeah. four because those last two episodes Damn. weren't as strong as I'd kind of hoped. I, I really thought those last episodes were going to end strong, man. Just just looking at my numbers, you know what I mean? From like what was leading up to that. Yeah. I thought we were leading into some fantastic shit, but we didn't. And that's a God damn shame. But we hope you guys enjoyed we hope you guys enjoyed this the season. We hope you guys enjoyed this discussion and we can't wait to bring you next season. Uh Adam, everyone should be checking out everything on the BFOP network, right? Yeah, absolutely. Check out the BFOP network. Check out Podcasting After Dark. Check out Talking Back. Check out People Don't Forget. Check out Action Action. Check out Throwback Trivia Takedown check out blast from our past i'm just gonna plug everybody right now because we've been talking plenty they're all fantastic shows i can guarantee it if you like nostalgic content if you're enjoying seinfeld i imagine you're around our age or even if not you enjoy shit from this time and so you're probably gonna like the stuff on these shows if you like more mainstream pop culture check out blast from our past maybe talking back if you like the really weird stuff Check out Podcasting After Dark. If you like um, you <laughs> action know, movies, strict action movies, action, action. And if you like uh, just kind of like big general pop culture stuff, absolutely check out People Don't Forget. And if you like trivia, check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. So we've got something for everyone who remembers the good old days. You know? <laughs> These are not the good old days. That's no. for damn sure. No, uh, back in the day. That Seinfeld days were the good old days. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Make sure you guys do that. And we'll see y'all in just a couple weeks when we start up season seven. Holy shit, season seven. We've gone through six seasons dude, together, my man. Dude, I, seriously, I, I don't know even know what to say to that. I am very impressed with us, and uh, I love, no matter what happens, I love that we have this, like, that we did this, you know what I mean? And I'm excited to, you know, basically get into the tail end of the series with you, dude. Yeah, uh, I'm extremely curious to see where it goes from here. Me too. How how <laughs> much too. of a roller coaster season six was, I want to see. Will it rise up? Will it fall down? Or will we continue on this wild and wacky path? 
Either way, I'm going to have a blast talking about it with you, and I hope everyone out there has a blast listening, and we'll catch you all in a couple weeks with Season 7 of Seinfeld. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.